Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Thursday, February 4th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. We were bracing for a flu and COVID double whammy of a winter, but it never came. What happened? An intriguing new community initiative taking off in Europe to help prevent the mounting problem of electronic waste. And have you heard of fetus core? Okay, it's not a thing yet, but it may be soon because there's a new album coming out that was recorded by a baby before she was born. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. So remember midway through last year when we were all bracing ourselves for a harsh winter, in part because flu season was coming and the one-two punch of the flu and COVID-19 had the potential to be catastrophic? Well, the winter has been harsh, but not because of the flu. In fact, the flu has barely shown its face at all. After preparing their own influenza test to mitigate an anticipated spike, Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, has now run 20,000 flu tests, many more than in previous seasons, and exactly zero have come back positive. Other labs have reported similar. The Mayo Clinic in Arizona tested 7,000 people and only one came back positive for the flu. Meanwhile, they tested 40,000 people for COVID-19 and got 6,000 positives. At Mount Sinai, they've only logged eight flu cases total in recent months compared to the 1,000 to 1,500 cases they usually see this time of year. Quoting The Atlantic, The same baffling trend is repeating itself nationwide and around the globe. While the coronavirus has surged, the flu and other respiratory viruses have flickered out. Since early fall, about 800,000 laboratory samples have been tested in the United States for the flu and reported to the CDC, and only 1,500 or so have come up positive, a mere 0.2%. This time last year, close to a hundred times as many flu cases had been identified from nearly the same number of tests, end quote. Now, on the surface, it's not hard to figure out why this could be the case. Lockdown orders, masking, travel restrictions, people are largely staying home and taking precautions when they do go out. Not to mention many more people washing their hands more, and millions of kids were spared the influenza petri dishes of their school buildings this past fall, no doubt significantly reducing spread. And initial CDC estimates also report an increase in the number of people who got the flu vaccine this year. Now, of course, all this doesn't account for how many people may have the flu and don't go to the hospital or get a lab test, and most people whose symptoms never get serious don't do that in a normal year, and probably even less of them this year as people avoid hospitals and stay at home. But still, with so few cases serious enough to warrant hospitalization, this has been an exceptionally welcome development in the short term. It means more hospital beds free, and, of course, less people dying, at least of the flu. But it could spell bad news in the long term, because the flu will return, and now we have less data with which to develop vaccines and predict the next outbreak which might not even necessarily happen on its usual fall and winter schedule. Stacy Schultz-Cherry, a virologist and immunologist at St. Jude's Children's Hospital, says we should keep an eye on countries who have gotten a handle on COVID-19 because those will likely be the places where non-COVID viruses start to ramp back up, and potentially in the off-season. 
Quoting again from The Atlantic, Florian Kramer, a virologist and flu expert at Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, puts forth two possibilities for how flu strains might be busying themselves. One is good, one is bad, he told me. In one scenario, the stark lack of flu transmission this year could end up throttling the circulating strains, possibly even taking one out of commission entirely. What if we just lose one of the lineages, he said. That would be awesome. Alternatively, a branch on the flu family tree could quietly split in two, leaving scientists scrambling to catch up to the spread in the fall. End quote. Flu vaccines typically take six months to develop, and at this time of the year, scientists would usually be pouring over tons of samples of virus to identify the most prevalent strains and try to forecast what will stand out next year. There are influenza surveillance labs all over the world, and twice a year, the WHO convenes to recommend vaccine ingredients based on the findings from this surveillance. But it's going to be a lot riskier than usual to predict which direction to go. However, there may be another route. Quoting again, Scientists might be able to make up for the year of difficult flu surveillance by pivoting to new vaccine technologies, such as those used in the RNA-based COVID-19 shots developed by Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna. Six months is a long time for a virus that mutates pretty rapidly, says Chu, the Seattle epidemiologist. But RNA-based vaccines are easier and faster to tweak and retool, meaning flu shots could someday be cooked up in a matter of weeks. They're so easy to change, Chu says, end quote. So we will see what happens there. In the meantime, other respiratory viruses have also declined, and even other coronaviruses that cause the common cold, although rhinoviruses haven't been stamped out quite as much. And speaking on a personal note, I've gotten sick with cold-like illnesses several times a year my entire life, and tomorrow will mark an entire year since the last time I was sick in any way. It's remarkable. I have never in my life gone this long without a cold. Really makes me feel like this whole staying at home and wearing a mask thing might actually work. Which is something Seema Lakdawalla, an expert in flu transmission at the University of Pittsburgh, has been emphasizing. It's clear these types of public health measures work. But will people be willing to actually keep them up in a post-COVID vaccine world? Because it's not that we'll have to keep up pandemic restrictions across the board for every person forever to prevent all manner of virus transmission, but Lakdawalla says, looking to the future, quote, We have a glimpse of what could be very effective. I'm really hopeful that when people are sick, either they stay home and or they put on a mask when they have to go out. End quote. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding expectations, simplifying lives, and establishing legacies that last for generations. Leverage their exclusive network of experts to help achieve your personal and professional financial goals. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect to a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. Have you ever had something break in your house, some appliance or a gadget, and you know there's probably some way to fix it, but a cursory search online indicated it would be beyond your abilities, so frustrated, you decide to just throw it out and get a new one? A growing movement across Europe is trying to put an end to such needless waste and teach people to be more self-sufficient in the process. 
In the Netherlands, in 2009, journalist Martin Postmo started the concept of repair cafes, a regular free workshop where people could attend to learn how to fix objects around their house that had broken, taught by volunteer experts. And there are now hundreds of these events across Europe, and they've especially taken off in France, where over a dozen are hosted each month in Paris alone. It's an intriguing solution to a growing problem. Quoting BBC's Future Planets, The world produced nearly 45 million tons of e-waste in 2016 as consumers and businesses threw out their old smartphones, computers, and household appliances, material worth an estimated $62.5 billion. Only 20% was properly recycled. In Europe, where the problem is particularly acute, researchers estimate only 12% to 15% of mobile phones are properly recycled, despite around 90% of the population owning one. End quote. And that properly recycled bit is tough. Even if you make an effort to do something other than simply throwing your old electronics in the trash, what to do isn't always so clear. Some manufacturers of various objects, especially phones, offer trade-ins. Some stores like Best Buy and Home Depot have bins for various types of e-waste. Towns will often host e-waste collection events a few times a year. But none of those are necessarily available everywhere. They're not options for everyone. They're extra trips you have to run, extra research that has to be done. So many people just won't end up doing it. And even when electronic waste is properly recycled, that doesn't totally solve the problem. Quoting again, E-waste, which is often shipped illegally from the West to sprawling toxic dump sites in countries like the Philippines, Ghana, Nigeria, and China, is expected to grow more than 52 million tons by the end of 2021 and to double by 2050, making it the fastest growing type of domestic waste in the world. The environmental impact ranges from huge carbon emissions to pollution of water sources and food supply chains. End quote. So what is to be done? Well, one small solution could be reducing how much people buy by helping them repair objects that have broken. A study by the French Environment and Energy Management Agency found that only 40% of broken electronics in France are repaired even though two-thirds of Europeans overall expressed a desire to repair over buying new. In addition to the growing number of repair cafes, the French government has also proposed labeling appliances with repairability ratings, which they say should increase the amount of repaired appliances to 60% within five years. And while it's no doubt more of a win for consumers than for electronics companies, they do hope that it will lead to healthy competition between companies trying to create the most repairable products to get the highest ratings. It's a good step forward and one that other nations are looking at, but apparently, at least for now, in France, manufacturers are rating themselves, not being rated by an independent party, so not sure how effective that measure will actually be. But there are other policy changes being enacted or proposed as well. More European countries are implementing or expanding right-to-repair laws. Some are offering vouchers for repairs or mandated extended warranties. Doing anything to reduce the turnover of appliances and gadgets in homes will be good for the environment. Quote, Analysis by the European Environmental Bureau, EEB, a network of environmental citizens' organizations in Europe, found that extending the lifetime of all washing machines, notebooks, vacuum cleaners, and smartphones in the EU by one year would save 4 million tons of carbon dioxide annually by 2030, the equivalent of taking 2 million cars off the roads each year. 
end quote. And personally, I'm super into the idea of these repair cafes. It's good for the environment, good for the community, and good for self-betterment. You know, it's a great chance to meet people in your neighborhood, learn a new skill, and save some money. And I love this account of a woman at a Parisian repair cafe who showed the BBC a form from the manufacturer of her 20-year-old sewing machine saying it was irreparable, it couldn't be fixed. And she said, quote, We've identified the problem in a matter of minutes. Things work best when we take matters into our own hands. End quote. Remember back in 2012 when Beyonce and Jay-Z had their first kid, Blue Ivy Carter, and Jay-Z recorded her, like, crying and making typical baby noises when she was just two days old and threw those sounds onto a single, Glory? The song debuted at 74 on the Billboard charts, making Blue Ivy Carter the youngest person ever credited on a Billboard chart. And that record would have belonged to Stevie Wonder's daughter Aisha on his song Lovely, but he didn't officially credit her. Rookie move. Well, I don't know that this new song is going to be making it onto the Billboard 100, but musicians Elizabeth Hart and Ivan Diaz-Mate have helped their daughter beat Blue Ivy's record, based on age of performance at least, by recording an album while she was still in utero. Yep. Now a fully birthed infant, Luca Yupanqui's in-euro movements were translated into sound using biosonic MIDI technology and her dad's synthesizer. Quoting Consequence of Sound, The MIDI device was hooked to Hart's stomach, recorded the vibrations created by Yupanqui, and transcribed them into Mate's synthesizers, a meditative process that took place over five hour-long sessions. Hart and Matei then edited and mixed the results of those sessions while trying to respect Yupanqui's musical autonomy so as to allow her message to exist in its raw form. The resulting collection of songs is aptly titled Sounds of the Unborn, and it's due out on April 2nd via Sacred Bones. End quote. AV Club points out that Sacred Bones is a label that reps artists like Marissa Nadler, Zola Jesus, and even John Carpenter and David Lynch. Baby Luca's mom is the bassist for The Psychic Ills and also signed by Sacred Bones. And writing about the record on Sacred Bones' site where you can pre-order the album on CD, vinyl, or special edition green and clear splatter vinyl, the parents wrote, quote, Luca Yupanqui was not yet born when she recorded her debut album. The music on the aptly titled Sounds of the Unborn is the expression of life in its cosmic state. Pre-mind, pre-speculation, pre-influence, and pre-human. It's the first album created by a person while they were still inside the womb, the expression of a soul that has not yet seen the light of day, nor taken a single breath of air. It is a message that comes from a different realm, a sub-layer of our existence. Elizabeth and Ivan mixed the album in 2020. Luca, now an infant, sat in the studio with them while they worked. Her awareness of what was happening was astounding. She would open her eyes wide and stare at her parents, seemingly recognizing her own sounds from the womb, knowing that they were revisiting those rituals that made them come together as one. Those mixing sessions were technically the first time Luca had heard her own music, but her reaction made it clear that that wasn't really the case. She had already lived it. End quote. And here is a clip of the lead single from the album titled V4.3 Part 2.
If you know someone who's pregnant and you want to try to create this same type of thing, Sacred Bones is selling a MIDI biodata sonication device of the same kind used by Hart and Matei. And in a cool throwback to yesterday's spinach sensors segment, the MIDI biodata sonication device apparently works with any kind of living thing, including plants. So you could hook it up to your philodendron and hear what it's thinking as it composes a strongly worded email to the spinach. <laughs> Alright, not really, it will actually just produce MIDI notes based on fluctuations and galvanic conductance. All of this kind of feels like it's somewhere between gimmick and Gwyneth Paltrow level woo-woo, but honestly, the track is pretty cool, and I bet would be quite popular with the whole lo-fi study beats scene on YouTube. Maybe they can even give it enough streams so that it charts on Billboard and sets a new record for youngest person on the charts. Well, that is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go text my pancake plant. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.